0: Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport.
1: on. See this works, shall we? Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, Episode 2, Season 21. As you can hear, it's quite noisy. The reason why it's quite noisy is because Tony's got to play in an R5. No Ryan Champion, no Jack Benyon, no Trevor Agnew. Just Tony and Jonathan about to go and play in an R5. There you go, have a little bit of sound. Got a cracking show coming up this week, folks. But just for now, just enjoy the noise of an R5. So I really enjoyed that, Jack. Did you? Do you know what? I'm actually happy that you
2: managed to get a spin in R5. You know, probably at this point, absolute rally listeners probably <laughs> expected me to take the mic and, and say something horrible to you. But do you know what? I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you got a run. Did you enjoy it?
1: Oh, mate, it was mega. It was mega. I'll be honest, right. The highlight of it all the way through was the fact that I thought on next week's podcast, I'm absolutely going to be the man and I'm going to give Ryan success. Because normally it's Ryan driving all these amazing bits of kit. Um and I know he's he's chomping at the bit to have a run in an half five and I I don't think he's done it. So I was kind of gonna be dead cocky. The irony is uh Ryan is away testing with somebody somewhere. Granted, he's not on an R5, but I didn't have him to kind of take the mick out of this week. It was all in my head. I was thinking next week, the way it's going to start, this way it's going to be. I'm going to take the mick out of right, but he's not here. But you are and you appreciate it. It was absolutely fantastic. And what I will say, Jack, is I can quite easily see how you could kid yourself that you could be competitive. With one of those cars when you're driving on an airfield. There you go.
2: Have you, did you um, Were you surprised by the brakes?
1: Yeah, I was surprised by everything because I think the best way of describing it, I've drove two Super 2 cars 10 years ago, uh, give or take. I think the last one I drove was eight years ago, and they were kind of open tests. When I won the Fiestas, I got one as a part of the prize from M-Sport. And originally, during the IRC days, I drove one of the Protons when they first came out. Uh, again, but in an open environment. And having drove the cars I drove then, which were all very low powered front wheel drive group n cars it felt like a computer game it didn't feel real even the seat position it just doesn't feel real and to, that's the way i can relate it to driving an r5 car so today even after to driving a little r2 which is a proper little thing um the r5 doesn't feel real and you can yeah, quite it, easily it egg yourself amazing on. yeah you, you, you can quite easily egg yourself on you know uh, i'm not saying i, I do a rally and be on the page far from it but you could kid yourself in an open air field space like that the way we was um where you could go do you know what? I, I could I, I could have a go in one of these and then you realize that you're probably somewhere close to about 40 percent uh <laughs> of the reality of what you need to drive it properly um and uh yeah i'm an old man now and i've been told that r5s are not for old men i think yeah. i think
2: that's definitely the case if you look at um you know you look at the results of some of the people we've seen have loads of success in the past in just in the uk national rallying, and then they've gone to an r5 and struggled and you just don't have that grunt to bail you out if you if you make mistakes especially on gravel and you have to be so clean so tidy and you know we know we, we, we've talked enough about this whole um you know lobe kind of thing um straightening the corners off not sliding as much and and you know really driving it more like a a circuit than anything and you know that's what we've seen with with the R5 cars. You just have to be so precise with them. And if you, you know, if you if you make a tiny mistake and scrub off a little bit of speed, you know, you, that it adds up to so much because of that lack of grunt. So, yeah, um, they're, they're not easy cars to drive, and it gives you extra. I think when you drive them, you'll be able to tell me now, but it gives you a bit more respect for some of the people you think. Yeah. In the in the past, you've thought he's not doing a good enough job in that car, and then when you drive them and you realise how much it takes and how perfect you have to be driving them to to really get the maximum out of them gives you so much more respect, not just for the people who drive them quickly, but for the people who are, you know, just that step off, um, but, you know, are still so talented to be at that pace.
1: Absolutely. Do you know what? It, it, you, you've kind of nailed it. And that's what I thought when I kind of drove away. And I think that's where I came away from, where I was thinking, do you know what, on a, an old set of tyres on an airfield, you know what I mean, you're doing big skids and everything, and it looks dramatic and and it's great and everything else. But of course, that's not how you, 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 you're never going to, that's how you never, you're never going to drive one like that on a rally. You know, it's, 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 it's that's what, that even adds to the more surreal elements to, I suppose, what I was just saying before, where it feels like a computer game as opposed to being real, because of course, the last thing you want to be doing is sliding. And even on, on, on an old set of tyres on a, on a broken airfield, um, you know, the level of grip at times was just phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. but the other big thing for me was, and I, 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 I became a fanboy a little bit of a car. And the irony is in the room I'm sat now, there's pictures of the cars that were there as well. There was the 05 Focus uh, that was there. And there was also an 01 Focus, the the very first one with the paddles. Yeah. And I was just blown away by them. And I shouldn't be because I've kind of worked around this stuff for such a long time now. But... I guess I can I can put my business head and work life and all the other things I do to one side, and sometimes I can just become that fan again. I'm just a walk around an 5 Focus. It's just you, you open the door and you look in it, and it's the same with the 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 old uh, one Focus. I think it was the first one with the flappies, maybe in the 2000 model, but um, it's just a heritage and everything else. And then then it kind of hits you, and this, this is where you do feel really old. Um, these cars are like you know, well, certainly the, 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 the one Focus, that's nearly 20 years old. God, it's it's, it's mad, isn't it? Wow. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's like you just blink and you go, you go past and, you know, you think about the technology today that's in the cars today as opposed to then. It's, it's like night and day. It really is. But, um, but no, it was, it was so good. I didn't get to go the focuses. I pro- All I needed to do was ask, but I couldn't. It was really, not very often that happens to me, but Still, there you go. It was such a, it was such a great day out. And I have to thank the guys, uh, Phil Bradshaw and uh, the guys at Paul Ben as well, of course, who've got such heritage. You're looking after focuses and stuff. But um, Phil and Paul have got this R5 that uh, they're going to be renting out. If you look at the heritage as well, who's drove that car, Jesus, it's been through some hands, that uh, that, that registration. So uh, ch- check it out on our Facebook, uh, on well, our Twitter feed anyway. You'll see it there. Put it into EWRC. God bless it uh for the records and everything else and just see the people who've drove it i'm not talking about me obviously um jack um uh uh, big news today of course as we record this on wednesday i kind well i did know that japan was going to be pulled to be perfectly honest with you because i've been working on various schedules for various people um but it's now official obviously japan isn't running so we can talk about it ypres has been slotted in at the end of the year um what, uh, what 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 are your thoughts on the fact that one Ipra's got in and two where it is? Well, first
2: of all, uh, I'm sad to see Japan miss out for a second year in a row because they were on this provisional calendar last year and got booted off by Corsica, and then they've uh, they've gone again. So I feel very sorry for them. It's you know a ten year wait since they've had uh, a WRC rally over there. So um, you know I hope the I hope the organisers there redouble their efforts and you know. We've, we've heard that there's going to be an autumn date for them um, next year. So, you know, fingers crossed they, they get back on the calendar. But yeah, um, Ypres is going to be a very interesting one. Very, very uh, interesting time of year for Ypres, isn't it, Tony? I mean, we, we know Ypres is basically famous for the cuts and and, and what that does to um you know, what that does to the road, uh, dragging stuff out and the the I just, that I you, just don't think you you're going to be
1: able to take those cuts because if you do, you just end up bogged down in a field. I think that the sheer nature of the rally is going to be, in my mind, I don't know, I haven't even looked at what temperatures are and weather's like at that time of year in Belgium. I know it's not massively different to here at the best of times. Uh, you know, you're not going to be putting four wheels, you know, in a wet field in no, my it's, head. Not gonna
2: possi- it's not going to be. It's not going to be possible, and it's going to put such a premium on the cars running at the front. You know, if you're if you're five or six cars back, you know you're going to be in, in real trouble. I think on that rally, so the, the championship order is going to be, you know, very very important going into that rally. So it's great, you know. Abs- you know, I've, I've been to, you know, been lucky enough to go to quite a few rallies uh, abroad and in the UK, but. I don't think I've got been to one where the the passion for the rally has been as big at Ebro. Yeah. Um, you know, all the organisers live it year round. Every single one of them, from the people who are, you know, signing people on and um, designing the program and um, doing what we might call the, the menial tasks of the rally, to the people who are plotting the route and trying to offer something different from from the same roads every single year. And you know, the you can feel, it's it sounds such a cliche if you've not been to Ebro, it really does. But you can feel it in the square that there's a rally going on and there's atmosphere. I mean. It's a, it's a golden word atmosphere, isn't it? We talk about it a lot, but uh, I think anyone who's been to Ypres just knows straight away exactly what I'm talking about. You just you feel it there. You just know something special is happening, and that the drivers who are there, you know, obviously they want to win every rally, but there's a there's an extra bit of motivation there to go and try and win Ypres. It's such a big event, so it's great to see it on the the calendar. I'm just not sure if the circumstances are right based on the the time of year and. Um, you know having to move it around a little bit and, and the bits and bobs, but do you know what? The like I said, the organizers are so passionate, I'm sure they'll find a way to, to put something on. It's just that they can't control c- the conditions, which are going to be the big thing.
1: No, I couldn't agree. Do you know what? I think this is a really good place to stop. And, and the reason why I say good place to stop because we've just been one, we've been talking about our five cars, and the other thing we should be talking about Ypres and and. One man who knows all about R5 cars and has been to EPCO quite a few times as well, who'll be able to probably offer a little bit of insight on that, is Craig Breeze. So, folks, we're going to go to a little break and then we're going to come back with Craig Breeze.
0: This is Absolute Rally.
2: Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works Team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action.
0: Go back to the future with the Kielder Works Team.
1: Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And as I said before, somebody who knows far more about this stuff than Jack and I is Craig Breen. Welcome back to Absolute Rally, Craig Breen. Thanks very
3: much. Thanks uh, to be back.
1: Well, we, we've kind of we 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 were just kind of sounding like we, we kinda of knew what we were talking about. We've been talking about our five cars and we've been talking about e just being announced as a WRC round. And I went, Why are we messing about in the shallow end? Let's get an expert. And I couldn't find anyone and rang you. Fair enough. <laughs> 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 I,
3: have sound, I have to sound like i know what i'm talking about just, no, the mate, you,
1: mate, you, you're the you're, you're the king of r5s you're, you you've drove every r5 that, that exists haven't you so um so no so we, we basically the reason why we were talking r5 is i had my very first play in one last week um oh very good and, and realized that real realistically i should never ever drive one again <laughs> you needed some coaching from you, Greg. I needed some coaching from Craig. In fact, no, I needed coaching and a miracle. I think is probably.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is a bit of a it is a bit of a step up step up to be fair. Um, nice. I've, uh, yeah, obviously, been lucky enough to drive to drive them all uh, at this point. And, yeah, no, to be fair, the the the, the class is you know it, it is really really good and they're a proper little package. So uh, yeah, which which one did you drive?
1: Uh, Fiesta. Okay. Fiesta It was with the one of the original test cars. So she's see, she seen a bit of life. I, co- I, co- I called it a ten to two bird, basically. And you can make your own jokes yeah. from that anyone. Loud and clear. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Clear. I can I, I can already picture the colour of shape everything. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how it is.
1: <laughs> so yeah, she's taking you home, you're not taking her home. Let's put it that way um anyway let's get away from that because this is it's going to take us down a rabbit hole if you pardon the expression so <laughs> this is going to get worse um craig uh, welcome back this is not how i was planning on starting anyway shape or form uh, i'm hoping you're safe and well mate all things considered
3: yeah yeah you know all, all is good uh, obviously been, been busy these last couple of weeks it's been there's uh, uh, been yeah a lot going on uh, obviously um with uh, with Rome and then uh, Latvia not long after and then uh, at a test for test for Estonia uh, yesterday in fact and so yeah no a lot a lot of stuff happened which is great considering there was you know so much nothing for so long so uh, no it's it's uh, yeah busy times
1: is is, is high and feeling feeling like home now to you mate is is that because you you seem very I can't think do you know what I find it hard to think of you now in anything other than the high and die and I mean that. I'm not saying that as, as any kind of joke or whatever, because you know, we've just been talking about how many cars you did drive the other year. But you, you seem very high and die at the moment. in every sense of the word.
3: Yeah, no. To be fair, I, th- I think since uh, since Finland last year, we we uh, we kind of managed to get our feet in the door, and you know, ever since then, to be fair, you know, they, they've taken us as uh, FM fall under their wing and. Uh, yeah, between uh, between the R5 stuff, uh, between the MRF gig uh, in the European Championship, and then obviously I get the, the opportunity for Estonia uh, again, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it does it does feel like home now. To be fair, and we, we've been you know seriously well treated, and, and uh, you know given the the situation now in the World Championship, the lack of seats, I think we fair Andrea has done you know the most uh, that 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 he that he could have done given the the cards that he's been dealt. So no, I'm I'm really really happy where I am now.
1: Um the other thing I wanted to to, to ask you about is uh, you know we, we know obviously where we are in the world right now and and you know things are probably going to be very different when we come back but uh, all the time you've had now in the R5 cars and obviously being around high and die obviously the next generation of car I'm not going to put you I'm not going to put you on the spot too much about this but do you feel Probably is is as ready as anybody for these next generation cars, which we're being led to believe will be a kind of a hybrid kind of R five, I suppose.
3: Yeah, to be honest, with you, I, I just want a sustainable championship. Uh, I don't mean that from a from a tree hogger point of view. I, I just I just mean a a, a championship that's you know uh, attractive to to teams and manufacturers and will uh, you know will will help uh, the sport to continue for years and years and ultimately won't leave us. Uh, in situations like we're in now, where, where we've got you know too many drivers for for not enough seats, so uh, and you know it's not fair. You know, there's just too many of us sitting on the, on the sidelines. You know, there's a lot of other guys very well capable. Uh, you know, like myself, to be to be fighting right at the top, and you know the, the places aren't there. So uh, you know, I don't think in any other sport that that really exists. Uh, or not often, anyway. So I think, you know, uh, from from a from a, a championship, you know, you know, to, to maintain the championship, uh, maintain uh, the manufacturers, I think something needed to happen, uh, and especially now, you know, I think it needed to happen even before what uh, what's uh, what's gone on this year, but now even more so you know something that uh, something uh, you know needs to be needs to be done to to make it attractive and make it worthwhile and 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 cost effective for for the teams to stay on and and you know and, and attract even more manufacturers in and and uh, you know give us give us all homes for full you know full campaign I
2: guess Craig looking at um, Estonia that's got to be um, you know one that you put a big circle around on the calendar and mentioning the the lack of seats that's got to be a big rally for you and, and one that you're kind of you know really looking forward to, to getting your teeth into but what's your preparation been like because I know you like to get out in a cart and you know, you're quite an active person in terms of uh, preparation for rallies and stuff. But obviously, coronavirus has had such a you know effect on people and, and what you're allowed to do. So, what's your you know kind of preparation look like? I know you've done the three rallies recently, but um, you know, have you been affected at all, or have you been able to to prepare as you normally would to, to you know to be ready for Estonia?
3: Um, I suppose, yeah. Since since the beginning of June, uh, I've been looking enough to get back. Uh, I was, went back to Italy, I was able to do bits and pieces of testing then. Uh, but in the world car uh, between the last stage of, uh, of Sweden and, and yesterday I'd I done nothing so uh, I had a really good day I have to say yesterday and the car had gone really well um, yeah the guys pretty much the whole championship will do this, this small event in Estonia this weekend apart from myself um, so I'm Missing a little bit of seat time there But you know uh, Estonia is a rally That I know really well I've probably done it more Than anyone Uh, Obviously I accept it But anyone else I've probably done it more This will be my fifth time Doing the rally So Uh, And the stages are You know Quite similar to last year And somewhat of it Some years before So It's definitely uh, It's a rally that I've performed Well in the past And it's a rally that I Really enjoy And uh, somehow strangely it's These fast gravel rallies Seem to be what what Suit me In the world rally car I don't know why Because it's not really uh, what I grew up on but um, you know I do feel well prepared for it and you know I've got a couple of weeks now again just to knuckle down and get the last little details all together and try to be in the best shape possible to, to be right at the sharp end
2: and you, you mentioned rallies that you've done a few times, and at the top of the show we talked about EPRA and uh, you know one you've got quite a lot of experience of now. Have you, have you had a chance to to see the news that uh, you know it's going to be in the WRC today? And I think uh, you know the Friday and Saturday looks quite similar to normal, but the Sunday is going to be um, held around Spa, so that could be uh, that could be quite interesting. What were your initial thoughts after seeing that?
3: Yeah, no, obviously delighted that it's uh, it's going to be in the World Championship because yeah, I think it's. It's been uh, well, first of all the, the the World Championship needs more tarmac events, I can't understand the logic of not having not having more of them. Uh, never understood it. And okay, I'm sure the powers that be, uh, you know, do it for for a particular reason. But from a purist point of view and from a driver point of view, you know, I, I think there needs to be more more time. rally. So yeah, first of all, great that there's a a tarmac rally in and and yeah, the fact that it's deeper a rally that's uh, you know it's held in such high uh, you know in such high class you know for the last. Last number of years, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest tarmac events in Europe, you know, uh, in the European Championship for many years, IRC in the past, and yeah, you now finally into the, you know, into the World Championship. I think it's a just reward for all the effort that they've put in to, to keep the standard of the event over all the years. And, uh, yeah, I think November will be uh, a completely different profile than what we're used to in, in June. Uh, only once and all the years I've done the rally, I, I had a small bit of rain on, on the on the first evening, and apart from that, you know, I had dry and dust and the cuts. For uh, for all those years, so I, I dare say November is going to be a, a different story. I've done Condors uh, Rally in in uh, that time of the year before, um, and yeah, the, the profile of the roads in Condors actually would would keep themselves a little bit cleaner than what we'll see in Ypres whereas you know it's mainly based in the field so I think um, it's going to be a horrifically difficult rally uh, and a bit like a a monthly a monthly uh, to finish uh, finish the season. thing And uh,
1: you yeah, know. Well- Go, go, on, on, go on, sorry, Jack. Can I, Craig, can I just, I, we, we, we kind of speculate about it. I've never done the rally. I've come close to doing it, and I've spoke to a lot of my mates who have done it. But, of course, everybody always, the first thing rally people talk about when we talk about April, of course, the cuts. And Jack and I were kind of talking at the beginning of the podcast where we went, you're not putting four wheels in a field in November. It's just never going to happen like that. It just can't happen like that. Or unless I'm missing something, you know, you're know, you not going to be able to stick the car off the road. There's no way you're going to be able to do that.
3: Um, well, you can if you're first on the road and you just destroy it <laughs> for everybody else. So that's and that's that's going to be the, the you know the key. Whoever is first on the roads, uh, yeah, perhaps you might be you might be quicker, you know, keeping four wheels on the road at places. But you've got a massive advantage if you do take a cut and, and splatter stuff everywhere all, all over the road after you. Then you know everybody else after is obliged to, to take the cut and, and the road will just get worse and worse. So. Uh, you know, if you do want to play play a tactical game, you can uh, it'd be like Mario Kart. You know, you can just make it as, <laughs> as uh, you can make you can make it as as bad as you want behind. So I think uh, that's going to be that's going to be the the key to rally. Um, and in saying that, I, I remember when I did Condros, we had we had one day was quite dry, uh, even though it was similar enough time of the year. So it, there is the potential that you know it mightn't be as bad as we expect. But I think the law of averages averages is going to uh, it's going to mean that you know it's going to be a tricky rally, and even that time of year, there's going to be more uh, more activities on, on the roads, the, the farm roads. I think are going to be, uh, you know, have more more stuff going on. Even if the road itself is dry, the, the ditches are going to take longer to, to dry up because the, you know, because I think the grass and, and the, the grass will take longer to dry, and the temperatures obviously be that been a bit cooler, so it'll be a completely different profile of rally. I think uh, compared to what we've uh, what we've done in the past. You
2: won draws in 2016, didn't you, Craig?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've won April and, and, and Condor, so. Um, well, to be fair, April, Belgium has always been a, kind of a happy hunting ground in, uh, for me in the past, and we're supposed to get over to do uh, to do book the this bad this year, but unfortunately, uh, didn't make uh, didn't, didn't manage to make that one happen. So we have to uh, we have to pick that that's the last one on the on, on the list. That I take off, and then we've done the <laughs> we've done the Belgian trio.
2: Okay, I mean, uh, you you mentioned um, you know the, the the atmosphere very briefly. I was trying to explain at the top of the show to. You know, to someone who's not been to Epra, how do you explain how committed the organisers are and how much they love the rally and just the atmosphere that you you know you feel in the square before the rally and, and while services on, obviously going quite late into the night as well, um, having a beer in the in the cafe. Obviously, you wouldn't do that while you're on an event, but that's kind of the vibe of the place. What do you you know? What's your favourite memory from Epra in that sense? And, and can you explain better than I can about the the atmosphere because it's it's something that's really difficult to kind of you know put into words and, and put your finger on but it's just it's just something very different isn't
3: it yeah it's nice the little ice cream shop on the corner selling nice waffles and ice cream on top i always i don't know if that's the open in november but um it's uh yeah it's it's a really nice atmosphere uh, i think it's the most perfect place to put a service park uh and just the most uh, yeah perfect schedule the way that you know the stages are so close around the service park and you know, you're back in there. What feels like every uh, every hour or so, you're, you're back in for, again for uh, for regrouping the service. And there's always, you know, some bit of a buzz going on. And the fact that, you know, you, you do come back just so often, it feels like you know the last car is only you know going out and the first one, but you know back in again. So there's always some bit of activity going on in the you know late on into the night and um, just even you know the the bells uh, going off every hour and you know just. It just it does definitely create a you know create a, a, a nice atmosphere. Uh, I always always enjoyed it. It always gone well over the years. So, um, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to go back go back to it again.
1: I was just about to say, have, have 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 you already knocked on the boss's door today and said that you do realize you we've got a bit of heritage in this part of the world, boss? I, I need to be going there. Yeah, look, I think I'll be doing the. the, the it was always planned to do be
4: the best you put
3: into the World Championship. In
1: our or whatever. Right, so, you, sorry, Kate. I've lost you there. You've gone really quiet on us. Go yeah, got you back. Got okay, you back. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh,
3: no, the, the plan was was always to do the event regardless if it was in the World Championship or not. Uh, okay. Obviously, obviously uh, you know, it's it's a land it's a landed baby, uh, you know. He's always been caught up in, in, in April for years and years, so um, it was always the plan. Uh, so yeah, I don't know for sure whether you know what uh, you know what will we'll, we'll be doing it in yet, but we'll be uh, we we'll definitely there.
1: Good man, good man. Um, dare I ask the question as uh, with regards to 2021? Do, do you have any idea what 2021 could look like for Craig Breen at the moment?
0: Um, I
3: would like to think quite fruitful, uh, you know, considering you know everything this year. Um, you know, I, I think I think we are in in a, in a good place. Obviously, it depends a lot on, on how the performances are going to be over the next uh, over the next while. Uh, but no, it it definitely uh, it definitely does look like it's going to be going to be in a good way. But uh, we need to work very hard between now and the end of the year. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get ourselves back into you know a more a more full-time role in the World Championship. That's definitely what myself and Paul you know very dearly want. Uh, it's what we're working on this last couple of years. And you know I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an yet. You know I definitely think I have a lot more have a lot more left in me. And uh, yeah, just I just would love to get a chance to get a you know a proper program uh, in a proper car this time and and uh, and give it a good, uh, a good crack.
1: Good man. Listen, mate, we're we we're, we're conscious we're taking up your time, and uh, I really do thank you for your time. So, we're gonna we're gonna let you go. We're gonna go over to one of these young 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 other young drivers now from from, from Ireland. We've got uh, Josh McClellan who's who's also part of the high end die customer program at the moment. Who's uh, who, who, who's coming on uh, leaps and bounds. So we're gonna have a little break, and we're gonna come back with Josh, and we're gonna come back with his co-driver as well, Keaton Williams. Thanks again, Craig. No worries at all. Thanks. This is absolute rally. Quarter, mid press, right minus, over, jump, opens over fifteen, sharp left left over 17, five, right.
0: Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Perry to form On the Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website on the
1: Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And somebody I've been trying to probably get on. um, We've not done this before. Actually, we've done it with, I think, two other crews before. One of which was um, Alex Karani and Sean Johnson. And we did it with Robbie Durant and Travis Pastrana. So, boys, you are in absolutely great company when I introduce you. Um, First and foremost, I'm going to welcome young Irishman, flying Irishman, uh, a boy who's where I've walked. I call him a boy. God, I feel feel like I'm grooming him. You're a man. You're a man, Josh. Josh McClellan, welcome to Absolute Rally we're we're good mate we're good thank you for asking and we've also got your co-driver again somebody who I've, I feel like I've known since he was a fetus as well um Keaton Williams welcome to Absolute Rally hello
0: Jeremy thanks
1: for having me on no don't worry listen you you, you you've been the scourge of my life in rallying for, for the last four years so <laughs> it's, it's nice to it's nice to finally get you on and not to be talking to you about how many seconds you took out of me on a stage so it's it's good to have you both here um listen before we come to you boys being together and everything else josh i just wanted to uh, you know you came onto the radar for me um probably three or four years ago you were in a very unfashionable car um even though it was fashionable in the time you came into the british rally championship in a a c2 r2 where everybody you know was in the, the more modern R two cars and stuff like that. Uh, Was that a conscious decision to go with a slightly older car and just kind of bed yourself in, rather than put you know oodles of money into getting the the most up to date thing? Did you just decide to just go rallying with what you had and see where you got?
4: uh yeah, well we were coming out of the junior thousand scene and uh, there was quite quite a lot to go go to, and we just didn't really know where to go and uh, we purchased the C2 at the beginning of the year not knowing where we were going and uh, we went to the first round of the British Championship, I think it was the Border Counties Rally and uh, we, we had a decent enough run until the Gearbox decided to let go but uh, it took off from there. I suppose budget really only allowed us to do a couple of events that year but it was a it was an experience to, to go into the deep end.
1: Absolutely. Keaton, um, I suppose you know, you, you've been kind of Working your way in, so to speak. I know, obviously, you've worked with obviously, like a Craig Parry and stuff. I know he's worked with you a little bit as well. And you know, you, you would one that uh, I think we all kind of seen the, the 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 path you were going. You were destined to go on and do bigger events and things like that. But you, you know, you first kind of came onto my radar, I guess, is 2016 doing the British Rally Championship. Uh, uh, very much alongside somebody who wasn't known as a rally driver but you know a very very successful downhill mountain biker Guy Averton um was 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 that part of your plan did you think well British Championship perhaps with somebody like Guy just to get yourself into how bigger events work than everything else obviously you, you didn't really plan for the fact that it was also going to be quite rapid as well I guess at the time but was that part of your career path at the time
0: yeah, like, I kind of had it in my head that, you know, I need to be doing bigger rallies and I need to get the experience. Um, and to have someone such um, high profile like G, I think that definitely helped because, you know, he brought a lot to the sport um, with his, his fellow fans as well. Um, and it was, you know, I think the British Rally Championship is always, you know, the place you need to go if you're learning. These, um, like, the bigger style events. Um, and I just got lucky with, with G, really. Like, um, it was a local at the motor club, my local motor club. Um, he did a few single venues with him um, and he couldn't do it because of work commitment too fast on my number and then uh, then yeah that was it my first rally was the Cambrian and um, since then we had a, we had a good well, year and a half really um, and that for me was probably the big turning curve in you know, where I wanted to be and how which path I was going to follow and, and how to do it really
1: Because you come from you know I, I'll call it this, in, in sections of rallying and, and to be fair it happens quite a lot over your side of the pond Josh but uh, very much where Keaton's from you know there's very much the rally mafia I think from from your <laughs> neck of the woods isn't it? That, that that kind of Ludlow area and the, you all tend to obviously you know the older drivers seem to work, you know give opportunities to co-drivers and stuff there's definitely a uh, you know you kind of look after one another there I guess and, and the older drivers do tend to give opportunities to you but is that something that was important as well being around because obviously you sat with the likes of John Perrott and people like that and you know they they were qu- I remember those when I was out watching you know, they, they were quick guys back in the day
0: yeah 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 and um for me the woodpecker rally has always been the start of it all really um my dad's always been into motorsport and I remember I going to watch my first woodpecker rally and I was about 82 I didn't like the sound of the um the cars in two loud. so yeah some <laughs> good pinders. Um, and I've only actually missed one more record, um since. Um, but for them, you know, we used to go to the race course at and I used to see all, like, Andrew Burton and Theo Bengry and Sean Gardner. And when I was younger, they were, like, big, big stars in my eyes. And um, it was always rallying over football or anything. Um, I think having that group of people around you and always being amongst it, you know, it gives you a bit of drive in it, it. That's for me when it really started, um, you know, to become my full-time hobby kind of thing
1: josh where the where, where was the you know because you know joking aside you you you, you are still relatively young men you know it's just i've just had a quick look there and i realized how, how it wasn't that long ago of course you were doing the juniors but i guess where where was the inspiration from for you from from your part of the world
4: um yeah i was literally born into a motorsport uh, growing family Um, my dad's been rallying all all years Um. I think he won the Great Northern Ireland Championship in 2009, and uh, it's just it's just took off ever since. Um, I started rallying, or well, driving rally cars when I was 11. I think. Um, there's a Rally Sport Association. Um, events over here it's, you can drive from a young age, and uh, yeah, we've we've started there, and uh, it's just kept on progressing. So yeah, it's going in the right direction, and uh, it's it's quite a fun fun game to be in.
1: Um. You know, you, you made that jump from the C2 into the Fiesta in, in, in the British Rally Championship and then, you know, more laterally into the Peugeot 208 R2. But where was the cutoff for you where you thought, right, I've got to be in an R5 car? Because it can be argued sometimes that jump can be too soon. So where did, where did you square the circle in your head that you had to make that jump into R5 rather than maybe doing a bit more in an R2?
4: Well, um winning the British Championship, junior British Championship last year, um we were propelled into the R five if you want to say. Um it came at quite a shock after winning the championship and uh, Ian Campbell and the BRC team got the Rally GB prize drive in the high under R five together with Andrew Johns. So it was quite a, quite a, a short few weeks to try like um get prepared for it. But uh I think we've done a good job at it. Um, we got a test in France with Hyundai Motor for customer racing for Rally GB so it was uh, it was quite an experience a um, couple of months and uh, yeah, it just took off from there from going to Monza after as a a back on the back of Rally GB so it was it was uh, quite good yeah
1: Keith, from a, from a cold driver's point of view obviously there's only you know four or five events now in the R5 obviously you've, you 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 you, you've been sitting with Josh for for, for a season or two now. Um, the notes I'm always fascinated by. You know, uh, I'm guessing you know they're ever evolving. You're only, you know, you know I was only listening to something the other day. You know, I think it was Robert Reed who was saying, you know. Richard Burns notes. noticed we're still evolving right until, you know, the final events that they did together and things like that. And, you know, how big, how big a change have you noticed in, in, in Josh's notes, you obviously, you know, you're doing reckeys together, you're writing them and stuff like that. Just, just how big a, a movement is it from what you were doing with the R2? Um,
0: well, the obvious thing is, you know, everything comes a lot quicker. And one of the main things that I find is with the, um, with the R five, you almost feel like a constant speak on the whole stage. And it's a lot with how you read the notes and um relay them to Josh. It's all about like entry and exit speed kind of thing. So like it's you know, even now like an album we learned so much just with the bass notes and we're always changing and we're always trying to um just get the best we can out of them. But um yeah, I'm not gonna say it was easy because it's not but um it's it's definitely a good challenge. And um
1: it's just exciting, really. Absolutely, Josh. Obviously, we know what's going on in the world right now, and it's it's a strange old place. But your plans at the beginning of twenty twenty, just how how set in stone were they prior to kind of COVID? Did you have you know a, a season in place? Was it going to be you know a mix of events? What what were you planning on doing?
4: Um, yeah, we we went to the sports Show in January with Motorsport Ireland and their, their newly formed stand, and we announced the. Uh, British Rally camp campaign in a high under R5. Um. So yeah, that that was our set in stone what we were going to do. But obviously, a, a lot of things have changed since then. And uh, yeah, but the the push is still on to get more rallies. And the whole Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy is, is pushing forward in that front. Is
1: there a, you know? I suppose is there a strategy? You know, we what we have seen, and I know Andrew Johns as well. You know, I've done him for many years. To be honest with you, now, um, you know, it's high-end uh, eye customer side is is definitely um, very aggressive. I suppose is the way to use it. You know, there, there seems to be seeing more and more high eyes, and more and more, you know, with support from high-end eye customer racing. Is it, is it important to you? Are you realising that you know working with a brand like that is going to give you perhaps a little bit more longevity than, than hopping around and driving different cars? Or what? how do you see it?
4: Um, yeah, I think it's a, a, quite a good, good base mark to start with. Um, Hyundai's obviously shown a lot of support towards young drivers at the moment, and uh, it's definitely been off. We couldn't be what we are doing at the minute without the support of Hyundai. So it's a credit to Andrew Johns and the whole Hyundai Motorport customer racing team. Um, uh, I they really have a, a huge link with Motorsport Ireland at the minute. Um, it's, qu- it's quite good in that front. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of it and uh, I certainly couldn't be done without it.
1: How have you find? you know, you, you've made that transition from obviously running your own car and then obviously you work with a couple of people running your R2s and renting R2s and stuff like that. But um, how is it now working with, I think it's Philip Case that runs the car for you, isn't it? uh
4: yeah pcrs
1: so and yeah. development, development of teams is how is it switched on yeah. i was just about to say because that's that, that's something else again isn't it? that's almost a new skill again when you start working with um professional teams you've got you know history and heritage and we know philip has certainly and, and obviously the guys there how has that been for you being able to come in and talk to an engineer and and, and give information and feedback and things is that a skill that you, you probably didn't realise that you needed to start working on until you started having to do it?
4: Uh, yeah, obviously we had a family team right up until last year and talking to family is a lot different than talking to an engineer as such. So uh, no, it's, it's definitely been a learning curve on that front. But um, it's definitely switched on and, on the whole engineering front and it's, it's a pleasure to work with them. You just have to build a relationship and a bond, and yeah, I think it's going from strength to strength at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a definitely a good uh, thing to be involved in.
1: I guess it's the same point to you as well, Keating. You know, obviously, I know your, your background and stuff, and how you've come through. You have sat with some some very very quick guys, obviously who normally ran their own cars and things like that. How is it for you going into kind of that that team environment, I suppose, from a co-driving point of view, obviously there's coordinators and things like that. Is it it something that you started to pick up things that perhaps you hadn't really realised that you needed to start picking up on as well?
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, um, you know, it's definitely, I said to Josh all the time, like from where we were at the start of West Cork, our first rally together to where we are now. um, And having everyone around us and there's always someone around um you know, to help you do your job. It's it's really is a big eye opener. Um but in the same way, you know, it's quite enjoyable because you do feel like with such a big team, um you've got a lot, lot to uh, give back to kind of thing. Um but I think it's heading now to where we you know, where we want to be.
1: Good. Josh, um you're trying to fit rallies in, obviously you you you're picking up um uh, some some events is the is the is there more plans to try and get out into Europe and obviously maybe try and jump on the back of some of these ERC rounds as well.
4: Yeah, that would be great. Um, it was great to go to Alba and, and get the experience of the whole the whole event. Um, it's quite a, it's a lot different than the events at home, and even to be on the same road as the World Championship drivers, as the Cots and all the rest of it is quite difficult whenever you get into it. But um yeah, going to an ERC or European event would be would be surreal. Um but I think the push is on from Motorsport Ireland side of side of things to, to try to get that to moving forward. However, the whole COVID thing is still still ongoing and the, the whole the whole thing's still evolving.
1: Good man. Well, obviously keep us, keep us in the loop uh with regards to what you've got going. I think it's I think it's a great story and you know, it's just it's not until you sit back and you, you look at how fast things have kind of happened for you, if you pardon the obvious pun, and where you was not so long ago. Obviously, you know Junior One Thousand over in Northern Ireland, and four years later, there you are in an R5 car. You know, it's I think it, I think it's such a great story. And, um, yeah, as I say, we'll be keeping an eye on you. I've kept an eye on you for a while. Obviously, Keaton, it's hard not to keep an eye on because he just seems to to haunt me for the last four years of of me going rallying. So uh, he always seems to be around. So there you go. But uh, listen, boys, thank you for your time. And um, please, please, please do stay in touch so we can start talking about, obviously, what your plans are moving forward. Um, You know, as soon as you've got something a bit more in concrete, obviously, in this crazy time, Josh, please let us know.
4: No problem. Thank you for having me on and uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated. Good man. Keaton, um,
1: thank you. Can you stop sitting with the other quick drivers, please, at national level in R2s? <laughs> can we make oh, a Good now not
0: sure I can you that, oh,
1: good man, good man. <laughs> alright listen uh, boys it's it's great to talk to you and uh, as I say we will be keeping an eye on you I think it's a great story and uh, it's one that obviously as soon as we've got some news I think everybody's in the same boat we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on so boys thanks for your time folks we'll be back after this break
0: this is absolute rally
2: Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition.
0: Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team.
1: Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Uh, thanks for Craig and thanks for Josh McClellan and Creighton Williams for joining us in the middle section. They're very Irish podcast, wasn't it? Well, Keaton, to be fair, he's, he's, I think he's more adopted these days. He's definitely from the, he's definitely from that, from the mafia section that I mentioned in that section anyway. But, uh, yeah, thanks for Josh and thanks for Craig for joining us in the middle section. We get to all, any other businesses, um, and Jack, I've, I'm going to go first. There you go. I'm just going to nominate myself to go first for my any other business. So um basically, we talked about it last week. It is uh, this week the uh, the return to the return to rally and M Sport stages um, where we we, we had to pull our entry and then we were encouraged to come back um, because unfortunately my regular co-driver has damaged his back. So um, so we weren't going to do the rally and then I was openly encouraged and. Uh, cajoled is probably the best way of putting it by by uh, Rich Milner because he's also doing the rally and uh, he set down a few challenges, so we 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 pulled a few rabbits out of hats, and uh, we've got a young man who's a bit of a. A, a bit of a a bit of a prodigy for for, for Craig Parry and for for Jamie Ebbers a good mate of mine so uh, Will Atkins is is, is stepping in uh, we've not met before I love I love it I, it's a long time Jack since I've done a rally where I've not met the co-driver before and we're just going to meet each other on the rally so I reckon it's about, about 20 years so, um, so this school. should be good absolutely absolutely we, you know we haven't even we haven't even kind of FaceTimed or anything. So, you know, we could just walk past each other in a foyer. So, who knows? But uh, but yeah, I'm really excited by the rally. Stages look mega. Craig and uh, Killian have done fantastic, as ever, from uh, on the pace note, obviously, who supplied the notes for this particular rally. So, mega, mega excited. Everybody who's doing it, who's listening listening, um, say hi, uh, obviously, from a safe distance. Um, but to have a safe rally, everybody, and let's, let's try and make sure it's a success. So, Jack Bang, you're any other business for this week?
2: Well, mine's kind of on the similar lines, because when I saw the entry list come out for that rally, I was just like, oh, this is a bit good. This is a bit good. (laughs) It's not massive, but the quality's there, isn't it? And uh, I instantly went back to... That's
1: what I used to say to the ladies, Jack. I'll level with you.
2: (laughs) My mind instantly (laughs) cast me back to 2015, which I believe is the last time... um, Malcolm Wilson did anything significant in a car, and he, uh, he he buried Steve Perez's Audi Quattro in the hay bales at Croft, which uh, I think uh, I think Steve was all right about in the end, and uh, was you know managed to repair the car okay, and there was a few laughs about it afterwards. Um, but yeah, great to see uh, Malcolm back out and in a in a car. It's just mega, uh, you know, five years since he's done anything significant, and it's been a long time since he's been on gravel, isn't it? So uh, probably 2013 when he did the. Um, the Malcolm Wilson rally with John Millington was probably the last time he was out on gravel, I would have thought. Apart from obviously driving right, yeah. apart from driving stuff in Greystoke testing or, or, you know, whatever, playing with his toys. So it's going to be mega to see him out in an Escort again. Uh, just really excited to see what that's like and how much well he's given it because um, he's got to pay for that forest to be regraded afterwards. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how sideways he's going to get. But yeah, we know um, we talk a lot about what Malcolm's done for for rallying in the UK and uh, not just not just rallying anymore, motorsport in, in general and, um, you know, what he's given back to the sport when he didn't have to. So, you know, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal to, to see him lead that rally away. Um, you know, so I think it's actually going to be quite a poignant moment because there's going to be so many things about this rally that are new and different. And, um, you know, obviously we've been without gravel rallying for, for, for a long time in the UK now. So um, I think the flag being waved over his mark two is going to be, um, kind of like old and new something like a you know i hope there's a photographer there for that moment because i think it's going to be quite special because it's it's malcolm leading the field away in the escort but so many new things about this rally that could you know really help rallying in the future so i'm really interested to to see that moment and and to, to watch the results coming from that rally because I, I think i think as much as it looks like um all, all the m sport drivers are encouraging fun i think it's going to be a pretty uh, intense rivalry all the way through that one i think
1: I can quite categorically tell you it will be <laughs> Milner, Milner threw down Milner threw down the gauntlet with with, with some late night messages on Friday that brought, that's what brought us back so there you go there you go uh, listen folks thank you so much for the download as ever uh, we'll be back same time same place in you know, the podcast hall next week
0: Absolute Rally powered by the Kielder Works team spread the word and download the podcast every week